Also in Delhi is feminist writer and publisher Urvashi Butalia. She says the roots of violence against women in India are intertwined with conflicts about class, caste, and the rapid pace of globalization. There is a way in which tradition has very, very deep roots and it assigns women a secondary place. And then the coming in of the nation state and a whole set of values of egalitarianism which didn't necessarily easily fit this society. And I think what's happening today is that, you know, one, you're seeing uh, the phenomenon of urbanization. A lot of people moving to urban areas in search of jobs, in search of a change in their lives. And secondly, you're seeing a massive and very speeded up process of globalization. For example, with the freeing up the media, you see an expression of women's sexuality like you never had before. You see young people socializing because of shopping malls and other places in urban areas, which you never saw before. You see young women stepping into urban jobs. This is also a very new phenomenon. You didn't see it before. And I think all of these things are creating a real churning in this society. And you don't only see it in violence towards women. You see it in a general increase of violence of all sorts. Like what, for example? What are well, some of the like other... if you, I, I mean, I imagine if you look at the rate of murder and street violence, road rage, all of those, I think, are increasing. And they're a sign of uh, widening gaps in our society between the rich and the poor, which have largely been created because of, um, you know, the coming in of new kinds of jobs, really highly paid jobs and so on. I think also because in I'm talking now especially about urban areas, women, young women stepping out into the kinds of jobs that they never did before, such as sales girls, security guards, taxi drivers, they're accessing the public world and they're accessing that small pie of jobs. And men are feeling very threatened and very left out. I mean, a lot of people have talked about this kind of split between the old India and the new India. I mean, what do you make of that discussion? It it just seems so facile to say the old can't keep pace with, you know, the culture of the new India. Well, I think the new India, whatever that is, is spreading quite fast into the old India. So, you know, you can't, for example... Uh, go to small towns any longer and not see a large or several large shopping malls in there. A lot of outsourcing centers now for reasons of uh, economy are located in smaller towns. There's a tremendous amount of migration in search of jobs and as a result of climate change and so on that's happening all over India. I think the lines between the old and the new are in one sense getting blurred but in another sense, becoming sharper because the divides are becoming so much sharper. The inequalities are becoming much more visible. So when we talk about solutions to this and how you change mindsets, it's not so simple as to just take your foot off the globalization accelerator. How do you get to the root of this? The protests, I think, will result in some changes, uh, all of which are necessary, none of which is sufficient. So we will see fast-track courts. We will possibly see changes in the law and all of that. Mm. But they won't necessarily address the root of the problem. And I think that can only be addressed in a much wider way with things like education, a more inclusive media with state policies and so on. A lot of the time we say changing mindsets is really difficult. But the speed with which globalization has changed mindsets makes me feel that it's possible Mm. and that it can be done. I mean, if Coke and Vodafone can reach every village in India, 
why can't state policies, why can't governance, why can't the sort of changes that this society really needs? There has to be a will behind that. The government in India has formed various committees and investigations uh, in the wake of this tragedy. Uh, But it seems uh, as though not one of these panels actually includes activist women. Would that make a difference? I think that would make a huge difference. See, on the committee, the Justice Verma Committee, which they set up, which has to provide a report on possible changes in the law in 30 days, there is one woman on it, and she is a very well-known, very well-respected ex-judge, retired judge. But it really needs someone with an involvement in the women's movement, with a history of looking at changes in the law and their impact in society. Aren't there any female politicians who've kind of come out of that tradition? The many. I mean, there are, for example, the additional Solicitor General of India is a woman lawyer, extremely well-known senior and with a 40-year involvement in the women's movement. Mm. She would have been the obvious choice, but they didn't take her in. There are any number of other uh, women lawyers of similar stature, ex-judges, but they didn't put them in. And that's a real loss, I think. Urvashi, do you feel like you really get what this sexual violence against women in India is all about? I mean, what really causes it at such a level of brutality? And why is the response this time so forceful? Sexual violence, as far as I'm concerned, is not about sex, really. It's about power. It's very difficult to give simple explanations, but it comes from a very, very deep-rooted in egalitarianism, this is a very hierarchical society. You know, the caste system is still in place in many parts of India. Feudal relations still exist despite a huge amount of agrarian reform and despite industrialization and so on. So these things ensure that the inequalities remain. And it's not only violence against women. You see violence against people of lower castes, against Dalits. You see violence against minorities. Urvashi, any final thoughts? It's a moment of, uh, you know, possible change, and that kind of moment comes rarely. That's really important. And if that happens, then at least, you know, there'll be some way of honoring that young woman. Writer and publisher Urvashi Butalia, she's the co-founder of Kali for Women, India's first feminist publishing house, and now directs Zuban, an imprint of Kali. Urvashi, thank you for your thoughts on this. Thank you very much.